0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Changing the Climate, a show where we talk about the change world around us and how we can make it better. Brought to you by Climate Change Realty. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Changing the Climate. No intro music this week because I'm doing it live. And you know what? You know this is um, this is just me this week. Oh. Whoever's watching, yo, drop drop me a comment. I'll, I'll answer any comments or whatever throughout this podcast. I'll try to see them on Facebook or on YouTube. Um, or don't drop me a comment if you don't want to be um un, un unhinged or whatever. Have the, the veil taken away from you so you can be um behind a, a screen. But um, yeah. So I wear a suit every single week. Um, so I'm looking up and down at two cameras. I wear a suit every single week on this show, and I wear a suit every single day when I go and knock on doors. But um. We're gonna to talk to the we're gonna talk to the man behind the man behind the show the man behind the uh, the podcast show the uh, changing the climate. Is this, oh, I just said the same thing three times and uh, and uh, climate change realty, which is my business that I will absolutely never give up on, which will probably be the theme throughout this entire podcast. So I'm excited to welcome my guest Ethan Shapiro, the real Ethan Shapiro, the guy who. You know, when I'm not wearing a suit, I'm pretty much either, you know, running around shirtless outside in Boulder or I'm wearing a tank top. So I figured it would make more sense for me to kind of show the real, the real guy. You know, I wear the suit, I call it a bit of a satire, you know, like we all, you know, we have these suits that we wear and then you tuck your tie and stuff. But I know it's, it's fun to be professional. So anyways, we always love to get the show started with a little bit of background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing today. So I'm going to address that question to, um, To me today, and I'm going to pull this up so I can actually look at the camera and look at you guys. Hey everyone. This will be, um, if you're listening to this, it's always a pleasure to have you. You know, I'm going to be doing this podcast every week for the rest of the year and and just like this is kind of like the, the main show of Climate Change Realty. So a little bit of background on who I am, Ethan Shapiro, Climate Change Realtor, obviously. I was born in Manhattan, New York on May 27th today, 1997. I grew up in Ringwood, New Jersey. Uh, for 18 years until I moved out to the promised lands, as I call it, of Boulder, Colorado. Um, so, if you want to hear my whole backstory, you know we went through the whole thing on episode number four of Changing the Climate. So, this is not going to be my back the whole backstory. I, I took like a whole hour and 15 minutes. I'm going to try and do this episode as one hour, but we'll see how where it goes. Um, yeah, so born in Manhattan, grew up in New Jersey. One of the most pivotal um, growth factors i want to say in my life is that i actually went to summer camp for 10 years at camp poco mccready where the um the motto was turning boys to men so when i was eight years old i was shipped off out of my comfort zone i talk about this a lot on the first episode so yeah i spent 10 years going to summer camp i was always you know having to socialize with all sorts of different people and then i just have a bullet it says high school i went to lakeland regional high school i was the youngest uh, school captain it, it, the youngest captain of a sports team in school history sophomore year spring track i became the captain of the track team with a bunch of other captains as well i wasn't the only captain but i always say that because that, that was pretty fun um i was the director of the lakeland morning show which was a bi-weekly news show produced by the kids in video class i don't know if someone from video class is watching this right now but that was a crazy year where we got into all sorts of shenanigans and it was a blast um I used to party really, really hard in high school. I mean, we'd go out drinking every single weekend. I smoked ounces and ounces of illegal pot in New Jersey for many, many years. I've kind of eased off on that as I've gotten older. But that's pretty much what I would do in high school. Uh, track, making videos, and partying my freaking ass off. I mean, I partied so much in high school. It, it, was, um, it was a blast. And it's, I've kinda, I always say like I kind of partied so much in high school that I kind of got out of my system. Good morning, whoever's watching on Facebook. College, as I mentioned promised lands, Boulder, Colorado. I knew I knew where I wanted to go right away when I saw that when I saw the school get as far away from New Jersey as I possibly could far away from the unethical, unethical, illegal uh, marijuana laws that I was um, violently opposed to in New Jersey and all sorts of stuff with that. Um, I studied business management and entrepreneurship at the University of Colorado, Boulder, got a minor degree in philosophy, which has probably had the most profound impact on my life because as you guys will hear throughout this um, podcast, I'm deeply, obsessed with ethics. Um, it's, uh, my whole life is centered around trying to live, um, the most virtuous life possible. And that's how I've came, came to be doing what I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, so that's college. Uh, business school was, was tough. Uh, philosophy classes were easy again, still smoking lots of weed, wasting my time as we do when we're young, just like kind of bumming around, just kind of, you know, that, that, that's what, that's the truth. I wish I was more involved with the community, but here I am now the climate change realtor. So I'm way more involved now. Um, then my third year in July of 2017, I actually shipped out to go live in Australia for study abroad. So again, I was studying, I studied a lot of finance, business, no philosophy. Actually, I had one philosophy class in Australia. But um, yeah, so I fell in love with this girl from the UK pretty, pretty much as soon as I got to Australia. And I was supposed to be there for one semester was study abroad, but I actually exci- decided to extend the trip because I was like so in love and having so much fun and I had so many friends there. And honestly, all the, the classes were pass fail. Uh, so it was like, I could get a bunch of credits and it was like, a third of the price of CU so it was kind of like a no-brainer for me to stay in Australia yeah um, so then I then I come back um, she came my, my ex came to visit with me in uh, in New Jersey we had a good time and introduced her to all our friends she went back to the UK totally broke my heart and we we wanted to she tried to do the long-distance thing but you know you never know with people. You know, you give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I knew it probably wasn't going to work out, but I'm always willing to try, even if something seems impossible. But um, yeah, she wanted to do it, so we did it. And then three weeks later, she was like, I don't want to do it. And I was like, great. And I was like, great. I was like, oh, like I died. Um, so then I just dove into work. You know, I just, I just started working like 80 hour, honestly 80 hour weeks at CU. So I worked like 40 hours a week at different various jobs. I was an intern at Boomtown Accelerators. I had 15 credit hours and I was working at the rec center. So in, you know, in order to cope with like heartbreak, I would just work, 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 work. And I guess that's kind of still going on now, but my heart is not broken anymore. It's, it's pure and lovely, I would say, cause it's been quite a few years and I've had some experiences since then. So then I graduate from CU and I actually sell everything I own, all my video games, all my possessions, anything that doesn't fit. I should have brought the backpack out. Anything that doesn't fit into a blue Jansport backpack, I like sell and get rid of. And then I go live in Europe for for what I thought was going to be like a long time, like forever. So December of 2018, we're at now. We're sitting at May of 2021. Um, and then I... Um, Long story short, I, I found real estate investing and that, that was kind of what really what caught my attention when I was in Europe. Is like I had a lot of heartbreak stuff going on and trying to figure out who I wanna be. I graduated, have this degree in entrepreneurship, obsessed with philosophy. And uh, I wasn't quite into ethics as much as I am now, but um, I was obsessed with wealth building, which I'll talk about later in the podcast, how this obsession with building wealth is really misguided and will lead you down the wrong path, even though I feel like I'm on the right path. But like, it's because the more and more I've gotten away from ser- searching for building wealth and ser- and search more for building my virtues and my, uh, my purpose in my life, I've found much more happiness and satisfaction in what I do. But Be it it as it may, uh, 21-year-old Ethan Shapiro was obsessed with building wealth. So I have this vast knowledge of how to build wealth through investing in securities and investing in real estate. Real estate was what I was learning when I was in Europe. Uh, I started my own company in the UK where I was looking to invest in short-term lets and different properties like that. I ended up dissolving the company and just moving back home where I did an apprenticeship with my father who's a traveling jewelry salesman. He goes to different hospitals and is a vendor salesman who sells jewelry. so, like nurses and doctors and anyone else who's there, using this thing called payroll deduction, so they could buy jewelry from him, and it'll come right out of their paycheck. And he'll actually donate fifteen to twenty percent, depending on the, the uh, hospital, to to the uh, the auxiliary. So, like, if he sells a hundred dollars worth of inventory, um, fifteen dollars of it will go to the hospital. So, I didn't realize that he might have inspired this whole climate change realty thing, but apparently, he um, he did a little bit. So, I worked for him. I worked with with him from April until about August of twenty. 19 I want to say and then I came back to Boulder because I just you know Jersey sucks and there's no opportunities really for me there and obviously you know there's kind of some sort of I believe there's some sort of spiritual callings in life where you kind of make these decisions and go to places where you're meant to be at that time little did I know I'd get deeply deeply involved in, in the climate change movement and Boulder is kind of one of these like climate capitals of the world for people who are really interested in fighting climate change and creating socially responsible businesses and um, fostering good um, environmental policy in general. I didn't know that, but apparently my, my spirit or or my, my, my future self knew that. And that's why I came back to Boulder. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't really like the cold weather. You know, I, I, it made sense for me to come back to Boulder. So, so here I was July or July, August of 2019. And I did, did a bunch of job applications. We're getting to 10 minutes here. I'm finishing up the intro. Uh, yeah, Uh, who are you and what do you do? Um, So yeah, um, it made sense for me to go into sales because I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. And I loved real estate because I was again, I was very obsessed with building wealth. I was I always knew I was going to be, you know, the most successful wealthy person out of anyone else I knew. Um, And then, you know, it kind of this is where things kind of got interesting. So now we kind of get to climate change realty. So uh, I was sitting in my, my friend's apartment because I didn't have a place to live. I was just finishing up my real estate license and I read this book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller, which gives you this um, amazing blueprint for how to build a successful real estate sales company where you do this lead generation model, you have a budget model. If you use the, um, what's the other models? Budget, lead generation, organization, and, Yeah. See, I'm live. So I don't remember. But the other one, the other one kind of tells you, gives you projections for if you, you talk to this many people, if you have this many sales, you'll make this much money. Oh man, that's really going to bother me that I don't remember the name of the model. But, um, so I was making these projections for how I was going to run my real estate sales business. And I've been using them since I've been doing that. And I realized, holy shit, if I just, just pound the pavement, just meet people, just keep meeting people, keep following up with them. I'll eventually get sales, and eventually, I'm going to be selling millions and millions of dollars in real estate, and I'm going to have all this money. So, for the first time in my life, I had a clear vision of how to build my wealth. I knew exactly what I had to do, how to do it, and how, and I had a theory of how long it would take. I was apparently, I'll, you know, this another theme will come up is that my arrogance and rashness of thinking I'm going to be very, very successful and get everything done um, the way I, I see it uh, doesn't actually always end up working out, but it does in the long term because you never give up. But um, I realized I was going to become very, very wealthy as long as I built this real estate sales business. So it just, I don't know where this idea came from, but I was just like, I need, I need to have like a purpose. I need to have like a reason. If I'm going to put all this work in, I need to have something behind me that's pushing me to succeed. So I was like, oh, my God, like I rem- remember uh, Earth science class. We talked about climate change and how the world is kind of being destroyed by humans using all these carbon emissions. So I want if I want to help people, if I want to motivate myself and I need to be motivated by some, by helping other people. So I was like, oh, you know, I can just add another 50% into this re- millionaire real estate agent projection. And it's like, if I'm going to make a million dollars this year, I can just double my efforts and make 2 million and then give half of the other part away. This is literally how it worked, guys. I was like sitting on the floor at <laughs> my friend's apartment, like finishing up my real estate license, reading this millionaire real estate agent book. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to give half of the money away. And when, some, when, when you have an idea like that and all of a sudden your heart starts fluttering and you're like, oh my God, this is the best idea I've ever had. I'm so excited about it. I, I always recommend that people pursue that kind of stuff. Now, sometimes you, no, not sometimes, like most of the time you go to people and you're like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to build this real estate sales company where I donate 50% of my commissions to fight climate change. And people are like, um. Yeah, you, you, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You're, you're going to go broke. You can't do that. That's, that's That's. a bad idea. That's a bad idea. But what, what these people say to you when you say, hey, here's my idea. And they say, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. That doesn't matter. And that really shouldn't matter to you at all. If you feel really, really good about something that you've had an idea that perpetuates the core of your personality. What your mother says, what your best friend says, or even what your mentor says about it really shouldn't matter to you that much because they're not you. They're not they're not the person who's going to put in the 80-hour weeks for 2 years with no pay trying to achieve a vision of making not only the world a better place but making you yourself a better a better person and a better role in this this wicked challenge of trying to stop global destruction as I'll put it you some people might not believe that that's what's going on but we have all these resources on this planet and they're not infinite and if we keep burning all these fossil resources to to um, perpetuate our overtly sorry I'm getting into all these fancy words overtly over the top system where we have these artificial walls and we consume all sorts of junk all the time Anyways, what's climate change realty? Why did I get to it? Um, you, want to, you want to make sure to, that no matter, you know, you, if you believe in something, you keep doing it, especially if it's um, something that's overtly trying to, to help others, that's something I'll talk about. So what's climate change realty? So that's, that's the next question. So climate change realty is a real estate brokerage, not quite yet, right now it's just a person, I'm just a broker. But the idea is it's it's really not that complicated. Um, I'm getting better at explaining it every single week. So we, or I, represent people on the purchase and sale of homes as a broker. So I'm the fiduciary in the transaction. So when someone's selling a house, it's my job to make sure I sell it at the highest price with the least amount of stress and make sure that the person who's selling is really, really happy. That's what I do. You guys all know what a realtor is. And then I take 50% of the net commissions I earn. So let's say a house sells for a million dollars and it costs me. And so and I get a 3% fee. So, so I get $30,000 and it costs me a thousand dollars to sell the house. So net commissions would be $29,000 because it cost $1,000 to sell the house. And I got $30,000 uh, in my, in my hand. And then I had, and then you should track that, cut that in half. That's $14,500 would be 50%. So that means when I sell a house for a million dollars in this situation, $14,500 is donated to fight climate change. So that was it. It was a very simple model. I just become a realtor and I just donate 50% of my commissions. But I kept thinking, obviously, I think about what I'm doing every single day. And I try to expand it out as far as I possibly can. And I eventually, I got to the point where I was like, okay, even though I'm giving away 50% of my commissions, I'm still going to have this other fat chunk of money, this other 50% that I don't need it. I really don't need it. I don't need you know cuz you guys might all think I'm like I'm like crazy, but I know that this company is going to make Billions of dollars like whether you call it make or have come through because I'll just never give up until it does So this company is gonna have billion billions of dollars or millions of dollars Whatever it is and there's gonna be this other 50% now most realtors or most business people are gonna be like I'm gonna take that money. I'm gonna take it for myself I'm gonna invest it into stocks and real estate I'm gonna build this huge portfolio for myself and make myself lots of money, but as time went on and more and more I thought about why I'm doing, you know, I say my personal why statement is to do what obviously needs to be done so that I can live a purposeful life. And, I ver- and I'm and i of the opinion that building wealth for sake of building wealth has no purpose in it at all. If you're trying to always achieve more and more money for money's sake, sure, you know, you want to have enough money for your family. You want to be able to take care of yourself. But purpose is you know, I guess it's all what we define it. For me, I'm a very big picture person. And I want to help as many people as I possibly can, because that's what makes me happy in life. So as I thought about that more and more, at first, I thought maybe I'll, I'll, I'll split the company with other people and give them equity share in that other 50%. But then I realized, again, so another moment now we're, we're fast forwarding. This is we're talking about November of 2019, fast-forwarding all the way to November of 2020, I'm sitting at my desk having worked on Climate Change Realty for about a year, and and I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly what I'm going to do with the other 50%. I'm going to create an incubator. Thank you, Bailey Canning, for wishing me a happy birthday. Uh, he just texted me. Um, I'm going to take the other 50% or 45% cause I decided to pay myself 5%. Um, I'm going to take the other 45, 50% after the sales team is paid, after all the marketing expenses, after I build this machine that's selling real estate with the best service possible to people in Boulder, I'm going to use the remaining funds. Um, After this system's created, we need to create this. This first model needs to be complete before we can move on to the main goal, which will allow me to perpetuate my mission and obviously fulfill my why of of, to do what obviously needs to be done. So I I thought that be that at first I thought okay if I donate 50% of my commissions that'll be enough I'll be able to you know I'll just donate millions of dollars to fight climate change and we'll be good but it's it's not enough we need we need more businesses working on this stuff so I'm going to create an incubator in Boulder using the remaining money from the business so I'm not going to be taking the money from this business people need to understand when I show up at your door and you think I'm like virtue signaling you saying use me I donate 50% of my commissions like I'm the best realtor ever I'm trying I'm, I'm not trying to brag about what I'm doing. I'm trying to inspire people to create ventures similar to this dedicated to the principles of enlightened self-interest, which we'll talk about later. Sorry this vlog's probably or not this podcast is gonna be all over the place, but you guys will get you guys will get, if you listen to the whole thing, you'll kind of get get what I'm getting at. So an incubator is a company that takes in brand new companies and trains them how to build a successful business and funds them with seed funding. And usually they take an equity share. So 50% of of the the funds earned by Climate Change Realty will be donated to other organizations that already exist dedicated to fighting climate change. And the remaining 50% minus 5% for my salary capped at $60,000. So I'll never make more than $60,000 a year for my business. So let's call it 45% after... After um, marketing expenses and paying the sales team will be be used to fund other visionaries like myself who desperately need money because I don't have any, obviously I'm in thousands of dollars of debt, and have a vision that they want to make the world a better place by creating a business that doesn't already exist. I'm going to bring these people in and train them and give them money and say, I believe in you. You can do this. Let's save the world together, which used to be like my motto that I don't say anymore so yeah that that's that's the very long-winded here's another 10 minutes gone by um, another long-winded explanation of how my business is going to work and it, this is this model is not going to change this is how it's going to work forever I don't know when we're going to hit that I think probably when we when we donate like a million dollars in a single year that's probably when I'll start start the incubator phase but until the sales team is complete which means um, you know there has to be a administrative specialist there has to be a listing specialist there has to be a buyer specialist who are all not me and then there has to be systems in place to make sure these people can get the job done at the highest service possible so i'm talking about building a real estate brokerage that will you know eventually do do more than that so yeah um why does this company exist let's we're going to start talking about uh the podcast and all the stuff that i've been learning on this show um So why does climate change realty exist? I talked about how I got to be doing it, but it exists because it obviously needs to be done. Getting back to my why we're in this insane climate crisis or, or in this insane state of affairs where we're in the wealthiest country or the wealthiest nation that's ever existed in the history of man. And we're just abusing our privilege. By just kind of sitting at home, getting drunk, doing drugs, going to work that we hate, doing all the stuff that doesn't really make sense. Meanwhile, we're draining the planet of all its resources. So all the people who don't have this high level of wealth are getting plastic in their water or getting pollution everywhere and all this stuff. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know how to I don't know how to go. Go on about that. But, um, you know, the world's not in a state that I'm satisfied with. So the company exists in order to get us to a state that I'm more satisfied with. I know I'm very egotistical. I know I'm talking too much about me, me, me. My mission is supposed to be about everyone. I'm trying to help everyone. But I have this issue where I'm very, um, I see the world very much through my own eyes. And I'm trying to work on it as best as I can to communicate in a way that can relate to everyone. But I'm, I'm trying. So I have like a wealth creation I wanna talk about. So let me give a great example of a state of the world that I'm not satisfied with in relation to climate change realty. So I started this business, I go door to door six days a week, knocking on people's doors, introducing myself as a climate change realtor, telling them I sell houses and I donate 50% of my commissions, blah, blah, blah. So I want to tell you about this thing called negative energy that I talk about, that I hate. I don't want that saying hate is like, is is also negative energy, but, um, what, why it's so important that we change fundamentally the way we live and the way the world works or how I would like to at least. So I'm going door to door and in January and February, I'm meeting these people in Boulder. I mean, people are absolutely lovely. People are absolutely nasty. You never know who you're going to get. I meet climate scientists who are really excited about what I'm doing. I meet, um, Just regular college student, every single person I meet who's my age is like, you're the climate change realtor? I've never heard of you. I'm like, yeah. It's just me. I'm the only one doing it. And they're like, that's so cool. Like, Thank you so much for helping. I'm like, no worries. Every single person my age is like, fuck yeah, let's go. And then everyone else is kind of like all over the place. So I, meet this, so, I meet this guy. This is a story that, that, that will always ring out in my mind forever. So, I'm hoping to get the world where the, if the world is at this state in 2020, I'm hoping that by 2030 or 2040, I can have at least pushed the dial a little bit through my actions or through the actions of the people who work for the ideals that I represent. I meet this guy. I don't even remember meeting him, honestly. I meet this guy. I think he was a nice guy. I send out everyone a letter when the coronavirus happens, saying, uh, the cares act is an unprecedented stimulus package, blah, 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 blah. I'm a climate change realtor. It was nice to meet you all over the last few months. Everyone I met door knocking, I send a letter to now I've never gotten a correspondence back from anyone I've talked to about my business until today, this story. So I get an email back from this woman who I'm not going to name at all. And she's like, how, this is the first email I ever got about my business. How dare you call yourself the climate change realtor? Climate change is a serious problem, and it's not a way for you to make money. Like blah 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 blah. Like if you if you um, were really passionate about the coronavirus, would you call yourself the coronavirus realtor? Climate change is really serious, and it's not a joke. Stop sending me letters. I sent her one letter. I sent her husband one letter, and she read it. Stop sending me letters because they make me furious. So when someone comes out with an idea. The first response we get in this world is, fuck you, you're a disgrace. The first email I ever got was, how dare you know the it's code? A, it's a miscommunication. I met her husband, she's never met me before. I get people like this all the time who I meet their wife or I, and the husband sends me an email saying, stop sending me letters like you're an idiot. Or I meet, the, I meet the, the husband and then the wife doesn't meet me and then she sends me an email saying, stop sending me letters, you're an idiot, like I hate, I hate, I hate that you're sending letters, letters are bad for the environment, all this stuff. So the first email, never forget this, is fuck you, stop what you're doing. So this is the kind of thing that I want to change about our society. Now, no matter what, you know, everyone has these judgments about people. We think that people are not doing living up to what they should be. Or we think that we know better than others about how to make a better world. But like the fact that that when when people try to do something, that the first response is fuck you. I, I hate that. That's that's my least favorite part about our society is that, of course, there's people who were like, that's so cool. I'm glad I'm glad to hear what you're doing. But my first thoughtful response was, how dare you call yourself climate change realtor? Climate change realtor is like a funny name. Like I was sitting at the kitchen table with my friend and I'm like, yo, I'm donating 50 percent of my commissions to fight climate change. What should like what should I tell people I'm doing? And I was like, hmm why don't I just call myself climate change realtor? And that, that's literally, that's how it started. I was just like, oh, that sounds pretty funny. People will like laugh when I say that and they do. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to make a point about how our society doesn't, we don't, we don't support each other. We tell, we, we, we look, we're angry about our own lives and we reflect it out on others. So I'm trying to, to, to say like, hey, like, you know, donating money and then trying to build a business where you help the world is fun. It's a great experience. But when in the beginning I'm told, um, fuck off which is like, it's fair enough. Like I'm bothering people by sending them letters, but hey, I mean, I just, I really really don't like that. I wish it wasn't that way. I'm going to take substantive action every single day to reorient our society. So that's a less likely response. Number two, same thing. My first review ever, if you type in climate change realty on Google, go to my reviews, it's like, hello, whoever's watching on Facebook. Um, It's like 3.7 stars. They're all five stars besides this first review. And I'll never forget it. I met this guy's girlfriend. I don't know what happened. He's like... He, you know, this guy sends me, he leaves me like a review saying this guy sends unsolicited spam mail weekly, extremely unprofessional, one star. So I have zero reviews on Google. I'm this, I literally, my company is called Climate Change Realty. I talk about donating 50% of my commissions to fight climate change. And the first review I get is this guy sketchily obtained my girlfriend's name. I don't know. I thought she told me her name. I don't really know what happened. Maybe, maybe I did look at the mail like that, that. That's my bad. I shouldn't have done that, but whatever. And so there it is. My first email: How dare you call yourself climate change realtor? My first, my first review: um, This guy is is spamming us with mail. He's extremely unprofessional. So it's like, what what would most people be like? Okay, uh, the world doesn't want me to do this. The world wants wants you to just go blend into society and just get a job, and and not try something new and exciting. Because the first response you get is, Pfft. the second response, the, the first review you get is. Pfft. So what are you supposed to do? So you have to believe in yourself and believe not based on what other people think of you, but what you think of yourself and, and what you're trying to achieve with your life is that it's going to be positive and you have to never give up on that. No matter how many people are like, okay. I don't know. So that's 30 minutes into the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I, this is the, probably not the best episode, probably not the most interesting for everyone. But this has been my life story uh, since since the last podcast. So yeah, the, the key is I, I would like to create a society where we aren't poo-pooing each other, especially when someone's just trying to do something new and innovative. Even if you don't agree with it, you don't need to be like, you know, you just be like, Yeah, man, that's an interesting way to go about it. I'd probably do it differently. But I mean, I respect you, your initiative for trying something new. That should be the norm. But instead, the norm is you're a moron, which is like everyone's a moron. Anyways, I was going to talk about my journey on wealth creation, but I'm not going to talk about this because we don't have enough time. But yeah, so let's talk about, now we're getting into the second half of the show. Let's talk about the changing world around us and how we can make it better. So so beyond negative energy, what's going on with the world and, and why am I really, really passionate about trying to help it through um, donating money to fight climate change or inspiring other people to start ventures that are dedicated to the principles of enlightened self-interest. So let's talk about enlightened self-interest and then we'll talk about, basically the rest of this, we'll be talking about what I've learned on the podcast and my, my, my amazing guests who have just been absolutely blown away by every single week someone comes on this show you know i just google uh, climate change boulder and see what comes up and if someone's doing something interesting i send them an email and see if they'll come on the show and i have never once been disappointed by a person on this podcast everyone all these individuals are doing amazing things and they don't get Anywhere near enough um, spotlight or respect or admiration for it. Some of these people have been doing amazing things for decades and you've never heard of them. So this podcast is an opportunity for me to shine the spotlight on them. Or even like my friend Philip Ogren who came on the show a couple weeks ago and is starting his own podcast. He just has powerful and innovative ideas on how to make the society better like that. he might not have been working for 20 years on climate change but but everyone's so unique and has so many valuable ideas and we can and if and if people can really rally behind these ideas we can make them a reality so you know I don't know so those are my thoughts so so this show is, is not just focused on climate change. It's about, I obviously haven't talked about climate change for 30 minutes on this show. Now it's about how to make the world a better place. And the way I want to do that is by showing you guys through the eyes of these, these amazing people who, I mean, some of them might be famous in the future. Famous people come on the show. Um, some of the people are famous in Boulder. Like I like had the mayor on the show, or I had the previous mayor, Suzanne Jones, who, who's the founder of like EcoCycle, which is this company that everyone's aware of. But even like Like one of my favorite episodes is just talking to like Brad Pellman from Palman's Automotive. Like, not only is he like the nicest guy ever, who I like loved having on the show, but like this guy's been working for decades on his own business this this automotive, but this automotive automotive, excuse me, this automotive repair shop. And you know you you hardly hear about him. They're doing all sorts of social media stuff. I always like their posts on Facebook. Um, That was one of my favorite podcasts. Just to. shine the light on someone who's been working really hard with a kind heart for so many years. And now his wife is really into like a green emphasis in recycling and they have all these amazing environmental policies. So like everyone can make a difference anyways. Um, so as far as like Let let me let me say I haven't mentioned that like the mission statement of Climate Change Realty is to create a business oriented solution to the most pressing challenges of our time so that future generations can focus on the distinct challenges of their time. So you might have heard that kind of throughout my ramblings of of this podcast, but that's what the stated mission of the company is. And that's and the way I go about doing that is through my donations and through the incubation model, which I'm going to um, which I'm which I'm building. Cam Brad's watching on Facebook. What's up, brother? Um, so, yeah. So, the, the thing that I think is the most pressing challenge of our time right now is something called the Anthropocene or the Holocene extinction, which is this mass extinction event. Sorry, bro. I'm talking about mass extinctions. probably not the most optimistic thing on, on your Thursday. But your birthday's coming up, too, man. Sorry, I've got the Facebook thing going at the same time. But um, is it's just that lots of... Um, basically wildlife has been going extinct at an unprecedented rate for basically the last three or four decades and it's directly due to human actions. I mean you can make an argument that like oh the 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 environment would be changing with or without people. You can make an argument about anything honestly but the evidence shows to the fact that human beings are responsible for this unprecedented decrease in wildlife. So so life is dying and we're taking all the resources for ourselves. it's not cool i mean it's kind of cool if you're like in america and your multi-million dollar house in your swimming pool like having a good time but when you look down you look down the freaking line like 40 years and your daughter can't can't go to a swimming pool because all the houses are abandoned and everything's a desert and all the resources have been destroyed because the people 40 years ago just ate them all up that's kind of fucked i don't know that's just my opinion but anyways i i wanted to have lots of statistics to talk about this because this is what i'm most passionate about you know you guys think I'm most passionate about fighting climate change um Obviously, that's what the business is. That's what one of the ways that the business is kind of perpetuating our, our mission statement. But um, me personally, I mean, I love all living creatures. As you guys have noticed, I think all people have innate value. All people are unique. But I also, you know, I can just sit on the ground and stare at ants for like 20 minutes. Like you can ask the boys from this weekend. We went, I we was looking at an anthill for like 20 minutes last weekend. Because it's just so cool. They're all like running around doing their own thing. It's just life is beautiful. And I want to help all life. I want to help all people. I want to help the woman who said, Um, how dare you call yourself the climate change realtor? I want to help the guy who said this guy is extremely unprofessional and, um, is a disgrace or whatever. I want to help them. I want to help the woman who, when I go show up to her door and say, I'm the climate change realtor. She's like, Oh my God, I've never heard of that. That's the most inspiring thing I've ever heard. I want to help everyone and I want to help everything. Now that's why I choose to focus on the climate because we all live in the climate. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm most concerned with this unprecedented rate of species extinction. I've always had a profound connection to, to animals in the animal world. I see the innate value in every single living being. Um, so yeah, so wildlife populations have decreased by 68% since 1970. So uh, fact check me, that could be wrong. It, what, it, what if it was 40%? It's still really bad. You know what I mean? So let's think about this. Let's say that there's a hundred, Beings on the planet, you know, just to keep it simple. That means that since 1970, you know, things are born and things are died. I've died. That means that 32 are left today. 32 out of 100. Why is everything dying? Why are things going extinct? Is it just, oh, that's just the way it is. You know, these things happen. Or is it the fact that we're emitting thousands and thousands, my bad, or millions and millions of tons of greenhouse gases. We are putting an input we are putting an input. We're pulling something out of the of the. We're pulling something from the bottom of the system that's sitting there and that's supposed to decay over billions of years, whatever. And we're burning it into a gas and putting it into into the 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 the, the heart of our system, which is the sky and the trees and the mountains is all covered in this in this dead crap. That's what fossil fuels is. It's fossils. Fossils are dead carcasses of of beings. That of over billions of years that have been deposited into the ground, mostly in shale oils or coal. I don't know if coal is made out of, it must be, it's called a fossil fuel. I don't, you know, see, I'm not, I'm still not a genius on this stuff, but we're pulling all this crap out. Whoever's watching on YouTube this whole time and is still entertained, I appreciate you. But um, we're pulling all this crap out and putting it into the atmosphere, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's like, oh, that, that won't change anything. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and argue that it will or will not. But we are putting lots of inputs and taking lots of things out of the system in order to benefit ourselves. If you guys don't think that's going to have an impact on the other living beings in the system, okay, sure. I mean, you wouldn't be here watching change in the climate if you felt that way. So I, I, I don't know. So I read this, I think it was a New York Times article or something for the, the six main ways to kind of solve the, this problem of climate change, of um, Anthropocene and Holocene extinction, mass extinctions events. How can we prevent the death of all these beings? And I mean, it all comes down to environmental stewardship, which means taking care of of the whole climate and environmental system and making sure that we're fostering a society that works for all living beings. Now, is is this the be all end all? Probably not. You know, there's more stuff we could do. But this is just what I read on an article and it all seems to make sense to me. So bang, here's the thing that my company is tackling. Number one, lower atmospheric levels of CO2 and methane or greatly stop or greatly reduce these emissions. Now, if you go to my website and click climate change, these are the six solutions that I've posted under climate change that have an explanation of climate change and all this stuff. I have cute little images and stuff. I'm trying to make it fun. You know, I'm talking about all this serious stuff, but I always try to have a a positive demeanor and enjoy myself and have a good time while we're doing it. Because honestly, if you're not having a good time doing what you're doing, doing. I feel like there's no point in doing it. And I always talk, I'm always talking about how doing things for other people makes me feel better. makes me happier about what I'm doing, which is why I'm able to power through and continue doing it. Right. So basically number one is fight climate change, which is the the, the most simple solution to fighting climate change is to lower our CO2 emissions, because that's like the most simple input that we can measure that CO2 goes up, temperature goes up, and then the theory is temperature goes up, things die, including human beings. So we want to not have that happen. Number two is protect half of Earth's land and oceans. So we need to live in uh, Phil Taylor called it like reciprocity with the land. So human beings, what we do is we like we go somewhere and then we just eat up all the shit. I mean, we just take all the resources. Ah, you know, we just we just go at it. So what I so what the most simple solution people are proposing is is just half of the Earth is just not inhabited by humans. Now, that makes sense to me, people might be like, well, that's crazy, or protect. They call it protect half of Earth and the ocean, which is like most of the planet. That's probably even more important than protecting, or the land on the Earth is protecting half of the ocean, which we are, decimating with our activities as well. Specifically, plastic pollution has completely destroyed the ocean. Don't take my word for it. Listen to Vicki Goldstein talk about it. Listen to Dr. Todd Sanford talk about it on the show, or go and watch Sea Spiracy, which I haven't even seen. I haven't seen the film, but I know what it's going to talk about. Watch um, One Hour to Save a Planet on YouTube, or just go like to a, f- a third world country and see all our garbage washing up on their shore. You think that's all of it? Most of it is in the ocean, killing all the stuff that's there, by the way, which is where life all started. So we're killing our origin. We're not only are we killing the world that we built on land, we're killing the origin of life, which is the ocean. So this is, a, this is so much stuff. I know, I know I'm all over the place. I'm covering all sorts of stuff, but just the idea of a simple solution, like half of the time, half of the land and half of the ocean is not be polluted by humans, I feel like that would have a huge positive impact. And I'm not the only one who's proposing that kind of solution. Um, Dr. John, or not doctor, John Golden Dubois Dubois talks about protecting half of our, or 30% of our land in the West. It's the same idea as protecting the land so we can't go in and develop and take all the resources from it and destroy it. Let it keep being this natural system that it wants to be. Number three is one I haven't talked about on this show at all. We should talk about poaching and stuff, but for fight illegal wildlife trafficking and promote conditions to support biodiversity, supporting the biodiversity is allowing, you know, the system to act the way it wants to. I don't know, not having like human inputs and just, you know, if there's a bunch of plastic in the rainforest, it's just going to kill all the stuff. I know that's a crazy example, but you know, plastic is made out of fossil fuel. So what we're doing when we put fossil, you can think about it. I mean, this might be, I might get criticized by scientists for this, but when you think about it, like putting... All this CO2 into the atmosphere is like coating the atmosphere with plastic. Like, imagine that. It's like, oh, we're gonna keep ourselves nice and clean. We won't get bacteria. And oh, wait, bacteria is life. So, actually, covering stuff with plastic will kill it. Anyways, people go and kill um, endangered species all the time. I know here I am being the animal activist, but, um, if all these species die, we, we rely on other species. I could talk about insect biomass. I think again, same thing, like 70% of insect biomass is decreased and there's more insect biomass than human biomass, if I'm not mistaken, in the whole planet. So think about that. If humans weigh, again, we're going to keep using a hundred. If humans weigh a hundred pounds, insects might weigh like 500 pounds in total weight of body. And that and we've seen like insane decreases in that. So everything, a key. Everything's dying. Just because we haven't started dying today, you know, there's plenty of people in third world countries who are being affected by climate change who are, are suffering and dying today. But just because us in America are not suffering directly today doesn't mean it's not going on wide scale all around the world. Please don't take my word on this. Do your own research and find out because that's how I've gotten to where I am in this seat today. So wildlife trafficking, again, it's just, it's just a, something at the top. Like the, Killing these endangered species is going to fuck up the ecosystem and lead to a positive feedback loop, which we'll talk about from Dr. Merritt Turetsky's episode regarding the, uh, the Arctic positive feedback loop, which, which is having gas go into the, um, in the, into the atmosphere and making it hotter, which melts the ice caps more, which releases more gas. Positive feedback loop is, is bad because more things die, which means more things die, which means more things die. Understand number four and control human population growth and resource consumption. But boom, boom, boom! My boy Gary Walkner and Dave Gardner—we talked about over overconsumption and and population growth on this show as well already for a long time, and how we we're obsessed with growing GDP. Not only do we want to consume things, we want to consume more every year. That's what we want to do. We want to keep growing. We want to have more people who consume more things, who take more resources on a planet that's already really strapped for resources and is running out, everything's being destroyed. Understand and control human population growth and resource consumption. That doesn't mean we gotta stop eating, that doesn't mean we gotta stop drinking, but it does mean that we gotta, you know, come up with a way to do it sustainably or regeneratively, as I would would prefer, which I'm gonna be talking about next week with Anthony Mint in regards to the uh, regenerative agriculture and how restaurants can have a role with that. Um, I talked about it with, with Phil, Phil, uh, Phil, with my boy Phil. Phil I, I know a lot of Phils. My bad, Phil. So number five, um, reconnect with the natural world and assume our long overdue position as the stewards of, the, of our planet. So this is just the idea of understanding that we are part of the natural system. Human beings have this supremacy belief that we're above nature and that we control nature. Now we do have this Honor and responsibility of being able to influence the system with our powerful minds, but that—that that means if you're the king, you have a responsibility to take care of your people. You know, so that's what we should do. And then I, I added a number six. This wasn't this wasn't in the New York Times article, but I added spread more love, positivity, and optimism because. If you get an environmentalist who wants to help the world and the first thing they hear is how dare you try to do that or how dare you call yourself the climate change realtor or you're extremely unprofessional one star, that's that's gonna disincentivize people from doing that. So I want you guys to realize that when you have a, a, a bright-eyed young person who thinks they can help the world and you tell them, eh, it's probably not gonna work, man. That's not cool. That's not gonna help us fix all this shit that's going on. As, as, I've, as you guys have heard, Everything's kind of fucked, like with lots of things dying, but, that, but we have the ability to control it. And that's the most beautiful thing. We can use our cognitive abilities to have a positive impact on the world. And you're gonna need to support people who wanna do stuff like that instead of telling them, eh, it's probably not gonna work, man. Now you guys might think I'm, I'm naive as a young, now I can say 24 year old, um, talking about this stuff, but you're, you're wrong. I'm not naive. We can make a difference. And I'm going to show you, and not I, through my initiatives, through the help of the people who have been on this podcast and the and the young entrepreneurs, there's someone right now who might watch this video in three years, who's 16 years old, who's way more intelligent than me and way more driven than me, but is broke. And I'm going to I'm going to get to him or her and be like, "Here's forty thousand dollars. I'm here for you whenever you need me." let's let's help you start your business and let's fix this shit because we need your help, and I believe in you that's the person that I want to be that's what climate change realty is going to be, and we are going to we are going to spread these ideas around the world. Nothing can stop me from doing that, so yeah, I was going to talk about. Um, online self-interest, socially responsible businesses, PC culture and partisanism. Those I said were the three topics of the podcast, but we've got to 45 minutes now. So I just want to do a year in review. I've already mentioned some of my lovely esteemed guests. Oh God. I'm just going to keep going on this podcast, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I talk a lot. Feel free to fast forward. Pat, the intern, who's watching this podcast right now and going through and uh, getting the topics. Good luck, man, because uh, I'm having the intern go through all the old podcasts and get all the different topics so people can just click to different topics instead of listening to the whole show. So we're going to do, do a year interview real quick. Whoever, if you're one of my guests and you're watching this, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As you guys, as I tell you when you were on it, it was an absolute honor to have you. And if, if you think I misinterpreted like the message that you were putting out in the next 15 minute talk where I'm just gonna try and go through all the episodes real quick and talk about what we talked about, I'm sorry, I'm trying my best. You're always welcome to come back on the show. It really was an honor to have you. First four episodes are just my friends, Darian, Bailey, Dan Vinez, really cool story. He's a realtor in, in New Jersey doing some awesome stuff. Him and his, his daughter are doing well. And then me. That was the, those are the first four episodes. That was me practicing, trying to figure out how to do a podcast. So then I was just so honored and blessed to have Michael Parkin come on and be my 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 first real guest. And we talked about Three Hundred and Fifty Colorado, which is a grassroots organization that's trying to build support for the climate for the climate movement. They're Honestly, I mean, Micah's just a huge inspiration to me. Just the idea, you guys, you guys will see, I'm obsessed with people who start their own ventures. I love people who are really passionate and just go after what they believe in. And I just reaching out to her with no credibility, no podcasts, no, no skills. She came on and did it live. We used to do the podcast live. She came on and let me potentially embarrass her live just because she believed in me. She believed in this kid who sent her an email and she came on and did me a personal favor by coming on my show and being my first guest. So we talked all about her, her journey from school or whatever from childhood to, to climate activism and she's She's Superwoman. She's the biggest, and she's one of the biggest inspirations to me in, in my life. I, I love her. She's amazing. Um, and yeah, so, so that's that. Beth Osnes then came on. We talked about how we can have creative communications on climate. You know, I've talked about climate today, but I've tried to make it fun and smile and be, you know, quirky and ridiculous like I am. Um, and, and she's talking about inside the greenhouse, which is this, um, initiative to get creative communications on climate and they do this this annual comedy show where they have lots of different people do skits about climate change so this thing this doesn't have to be like oh my god the world's ending all the insects are dying all the wildlife is being destroyed this is terrifying we're gonna make this fun because we're not gonna be able to to continue on unless we're enjoying ourselves while we do it so that was a really cool episode to talk to her now Sandra Breck, my boy. So this is kind of another friend and Lizzie is the same thing. These are two of my best friends from Australia. I just brought Sandra on because I needed guests, of course. And um, we we think very differently about the world. And it's very, it was very, I think it was very useful for us to kind of go back and forth and talk about our different views of the world. We come from different countries. He comes from Norway. So I just wanted to show people that there's other ways to organize our society beyond just the, the US. Some of us have lived in America our whole lives. I've probably been talking really quickly. I think I said that on episode four as well. Um, We we all lived the same way our whole lives. We don't think about how there are literally billions of human beings all living different lives. And Sandre is a great example of that. Sandre is a great example of that. Uh, We just talked about Norway, which is a different country from the US now i had rebecca dixon who's the chair of uh sierra club indian peaks group um another another favorite just thanks for coming on when i was was really uh just getting this show started and we just talked about how these climate concerns can be apparent in our daily lives like how everyone everyone's kind of contributing to this this current situation that we're in she talks about just like light pollution for example how like leaving your lights on not only can it like bother your neighbors but you're just like wasting energy like you guys might see right now besides like this like my lights are off plus you like save money. Like I always turn the lights off if I can, just like these little things are great. And everyone, you know, we, people, a lot of people who are like trying to be climate activists think that like individual action, little things were like the big thing, but I think education, just being aware of the issues and taking massive action is, is really important. But who, who cares what I think? Apparently, however many views this video gets is how many people care um, for now. So yeah, um, Lizzie Hart, my, one of my best friends lives in the UK, uh, very passionate, just passionate progressive, just like someone who's like, honestly, like the sweetest girl ever, just like my really good friend. We just talked about how we're just, we're not cool. Like these, these young people are not cool with the way this world works. Like we want, we want to change it. We want things to be better. And I'm going to take, so, we, I keep saying I, I apologize. I am, a you know, I'm a visionary leader guy, but I'm not going to do it alone. We, the youth I don't, I don't speak for all the youth, but are not satisfied with our society and we want it to be better. And I'm going, I'm, I'm personally and my organization is going to take substantive action every single day to make sure that happens. All right. So now we really start getting into the podcast where I had Vicki Nichols Goldstein come on and talk about the Inland Ocean Coalition and how water, which is like the most abundant thing on our planet, where most of life on our planet exists. Is essentially the most important resource we have, and you can have an impact on it no matter where you live. Second person watching, hello, whoever's here. Um, it was a great episode. This is when this is—I I would say when when Vicky came on is when the show really began. I got my groove going, and I was able to start getting more and more guests every single week. It was an honor to have her. I went to her her mermaid ball, which was really fun, and she's just doing really great work trying to protect the ocean um, from no matter where in the country you are. So that was pretty great. Now here's probably one of the the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Leslie Glustrom comes on and talks about how, you know, activism is all about like understanding what's going on around us. We talked all about municipalization, climate change. And what really stood out to me from our conversation is she was working as a biochemist and she didn't, she heard, you know, maybe she heard about climate change a little bit, but then as, as Leslie, this really intelligent mind, when she gets interested in a topic, she goes and dives in and tries to learn everything she could about it. And then she, she's like, Oh my God, all this stuff's going on with the environment. This is so bad. We need to fix it. And she just, like boom like just like kind of like me in the same like visionary kind of way she had a feeling in her heart that she needs to help with this overarching problem and then she said she's been spending the rest of her life working on climate action totally inspirational Um, every single guest is inspirational um and it was a pleasure to have her and Leslie if you're watching this I'm sorry I still have your book (laughs) <laughs> I'm only halfway through. I'd love to have Hunter L. Lovins come on the show at some point, but honestly, I was getting pretty overwhelmed with all the climate stuff that I was learning about. I needed like a little break and I kind of dove into real estate a bit more recently, but um, yeah. Now, speaking of inspiration, I had Kelsey grant come on the show and talk about how political change needs to come from both sides of the aisle. Um, And about Citizens Climate Lobby, which is, again, one of my favorite nonprofit organizations that's trying to get a carbon fee and dividend. So this is a more government oriented episode. Andreas Singaraja. Hello, sir. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm talking about the podcast. Only 53 minutes in good to see you, man. Um, and how we need bipartisanship in these issues. We can't be saying, um, conservatives are complete scumbags. Liberals are complete morons. And, um, the only way we're going to get this done is by getting my people who like me to help with action and getting my people who, and then the other people are saying, get people who like me to fight the other person. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. We all need to work together. And I think when you get educated on these things, uh, sorry, I'm late. Keep rolling. I'll stick around. Yeah, no, no, no pressure, man. We're talking about the podcast now. This will all be available forever. Um, is Again, thanks for the support, everyone. You know, we need to support each other in order to get action. That's kind of one of the other themes. Now, Joshua Nisco. Now, these are certain episodes where people come on and I see myself in them. And I'm really inspired by the work they're doing. Now, when, you know, his motto is like the, the fringe predicts the future, which is the idea that what we think is weird or poo-poo or faux pas right now. I don't know if those are right, the right words is what becomes the norm in the future. I um, know uh, you can think of that whatever you may, like if something is like, you know, like hippy-dippy granola, like he talked about organic being hippy-dippy granola, or people might think that like climate activism is so like lame left-wing progressive right now, it'll become the norm when people really are really aware of what's going on. And just this idea that it's important for consumers to, to vote with their dollars. And when you see a sea of plastic products, and then you have Joshua's Pangea Organics company having a fully recyclable aluminum container, And it's an organic product. It's like, what are you going to pick? I don't know what the answer is, but it's up to you guys to decide. John Goldenbois. Uh, Western resource advocates we have a unique role here in the West where these these vast amazing plots of land that need our protection for the for future generations and for the health of our planet I talked about protecting 50% Uh, andreas is going to love this talk about protecting 50% of our lands and oceans um, in order to foster a better society and create a better world because we're not living in in sync with nature and we talk about that a lot on that episode. And uh, John's, just a, John's just a really nice guy. And I, I, gotta, I gotta say hi to him again. Um, Dr. Max Boykoff comes on, who is a, you know, just a straight up climate scientist. He's the head of the environmental studies department at CU. And we just talk about how, how complicated climate change is and that we can all have our own unique solution. And he's like, yeah, man, climate change real like you know, you're, you're doing a good thing. He's like 50 percent's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, 50 percent's not enough. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, yes, yeah. so at that point I said, I was going to donate 50% of my profits, which would have been after you deduct all my business expenses. But if you guys were listening to the whole podcast, I don't do profits. I do net commission. So it's like, I donate like 50% of my income. So I subtract the cost it takes to sell the house, but I don't subtract marketing fees, administration fees, salaries from that. It's like, it's like really 50%, you know, so um, that was cool. Now here's probably my best friend, uh, Debbie. If you're watching this, <laughs> my best friend in Boulder, besides like Jill Park, who I just helped uh, buy a house. Debbie Miles, I met by knocking on her door, and I was like, "Hi, I'm the climate change realtor." And she was like, "She was like, why are you coming to my house talking to me about climate change? Blah blah blah." And I was just like, "Yo, I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm just here to tell you what I do." And I was just like. Me and her both just love science and we talked all about how there's no absolutes in science and how the the prevailing narrative of what's going on is always just one study away or one proof away from being disproven. Now, as you guys can tell, I want to help people. I'm trying to do it through fighting climate change, but there's no certainty in these things. The only thing I'm certain about is that I'll never give up on trying to achieve what I'm trying to achieve, which is a broad ideal of making the world a better place now i have these frameworks that i'm using like climate change and negative energy and entrepreneurship but i'm not like i won't die on the hill of climate change like if if i'm if i'm beyond a doubt proven that climate change isn't real i won't i won't like deny that. You know what I mean? So it's just about how science is always, you know, you always have different ways of looking at things. And there is this debate that still goes on in this country about whether climate change is happening or not. And I'm not going to say anything further on that. Dr. Merit honored to have her on the show, just talking about something you never talk about, which is like marshlands and the Arctic in the North. And we talked about the idea of the positive feedback loop earlier, where, excuse me, there's these rich deposits of carbon in the peat moss. And the peat moss, I think, is, is the right term. Will will melt as the temperature goes up, which will release more carbon into the atmosphere. Which, as we've theorized, or is is the prevailing idea, will make the temperature go up even more. So that's that positive feedback loop, which is um, negative, which is bad because we don't want more. We don't want more emissions and more blah 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 all that stuff. Uh, Merit is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. She's says so she's fallen into the peat, she studies the peat all the time, and we're honored to have her in Boulder. Suzanne Jones, previous mayor of Boulder, co-founder or founder, I'm not sure, of uh, EcoCycle. And we just talked about what would it mean to have a zero-waste economy. So why why are we throwing things into the trash when we can create a system that will reuse all the resources effectively? So, I mean, honestly, you guys got to check all these episodes out. This is what we're talking about. This is, this is the, the topics on this show. I guess I don't need to go through all this. People might be bored by me talking about this, but I just want to honor, honor the work of these people who have come on and talked to me. Jeremy Epstein, again, talking about business, the business of climate change, how carbon sequestration is this amazing business opportunity and entrepreneurs have an opportunity to create corporations that are going to have a net positive impact on the world. There's all this carbon that's already in the atmosphere and we need to take it out to get back to a more livable climate in the future is the theory. So Jeremy, again, all these people who live in Boulder are our geniuses. Like I'm just like lucky to be able to talk to them. You know, if I get 1% of their brain rubbing off on mine, maybe I'll be able to stay, stand up, uh, stand up and actually talk about some stuff instead of being like, yo man, what's good? Like I'm Ethan Shapiro. Like maybe I'll actually be able to, to be intelligent one of these days. But, um, then I had the, had the mayor of Boulder on the podcast, Sam Weaver, and it's just about how we all these opportunities to create business. I'm sorry, not we all Sam has created two businesses that converts waste energy into in waste into energy, excuse me. So like there's like, for example, think about like, if your exhaust pipe on your car was like powering your home i know that's not going to happen but like you know what i mean stuff like that i think one of what i found one of the things i found from this book that that leslie gave to me is that energy efficiency is is basically one of the biggest solutions to climate change not only is it mark is it marketable because we're making something that's better but it just energy efficiency just makes so much sense it's about using what we already have in a better way boom there's one hour so this is going to be a long podcast Evan Allison came on, again, with the Citizens Climate Lobby, and we talk about climate change is, is complicated. There's a lot of these moving parts, and when you understand um, that every single aspect of society is related to climate change, you realize that everyone has a role to play. And then even me and Evan just having that conversation was playing a huge role in trying to do our best. I love Dr. Todd Sanford. Dr. Todd Sanford, I hope you're watching this, man. It was great having you on. I mean, we, we talked about Ocean First Institute, which he's involved with, and how the ocean has one of the biggest roles to play in climate solutions. We emit greenhouse gases that acidify the ocean. So not only are we killing like, the planetary system by creating a, um, a climate that's less livable, but the more CO2 that goes into the ocean, it creates this stuff called carbonic acid yeah, don't, don't, I don't know too much about science, but this is what I remember from the podcast is, and then carbonic acid, when the ocean's more acidic, it does stuff like killing the coral reefs, which is one of the, you know, one of the most dense, amazing places for biodiversity in the world. And they're all dead. So great job, everyone. I hope you're enjoying your, uh, sorry. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be mean like that, but it's not, it's not going that well. yeah. Uh, I've seen the reef with my own eyes. It's, it's, it's dead. We, we can bring it back, but it's, it's, it's dead. And carbon emissions are definitely contributing factor. Um, Alyssa Harding. Um, we, we, we need revolutions. In pack, revolu- we need a revolution in packaging. There's so much room for innovation in all these fields to not only make them more efficient, but just like a better product in general. Like I always get these Amazon packages with these plastic sleeves that I put into the, the garbage. Now I, I really like getting stuff from Amazon, but we need we need packaging that doesn't you know destroy the ocean and the planet microplastic, all that stuff. Alyssa, again, extremely inspiring, amazing person to talk to. Boom, that was 2020. Then we get into 2021. I'm talking to Alexandra Schluntz from Earth Justice, and it's just like, law's really complicated. It takes a really long time to see changes, but the point of this episode is to show you, okay, yeah, that's not fair, it's really complicated, but there are people who are dedicating their lives to making these changes, and they do not get enough representation at all they did not get the spotlight you guys are seeing Kim and Kanye on your TV or you're seeing Trump whereas this this woman is now is working for a nonprofit organization I think I think they're a nonprofit yeah they're completely donation based and these people are, are spending their entire lives some people spend 20 years working on a case and finally they win like this huge um, ExxonMobil thing happened yesterday um, For climate change these things don't just happen overnight with law it takes a really long time to see action now on to the next one we talked about i talked to brad pellman pellman's automotive we already mentioned him in the podcast so i you know people ask me what my favorite episode is this is this is high on the list man now this is we're not talking about climate change we're not talking about we're talking about entrepreneurship a little bit we're not talking about nonprofits. we're talking about a man who's been working his entire life And now he just has this awesome business and they're really focused on green auto repair. They're really focused on being environmentally friendly. And he's like, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I just love Brad. I don't know, I'm sorry, I just love Brad. All right, then um, Jeremy's wife, Susie Strife, came on the show to talk about how education is one of the biggest pieces on climate change. She works uh, in 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 the Boulder County government or the Boulder City government say boulder county for uh climate action and uh, resilience she's just again another person who's just a wealth of knowledge about climate activism and how to how to change the systems to make them better um so like for example she talks about how like something she was doing she's like when like when people like throw trash on the ground or something to do with like an airplane like just some of the things we do like if you're aware of the environment it's just like oh that doesn't really make sense it's like oh we we just take all our shit and just dig a hole and bury it. It's like, oh, okay, that's what we do. Because like, hold on a second. Like we only have, we have finite resources, finite land. Does that really make sense? I don't know. Sorry, Susie. Um, it was an honor to have you. Dave Newport, head, uh, what, he was the head of the CU Environmental Center. You know, I'm, I'm, this is all coming from memory. I don't have like their titles. I have their name and like little notes. I'm trying to remember them all. Dave Newport, um, really nice, really, really fun guy to talk to, honestly. comes on like eating like grapes and stuff just like chilling he's like I I love people who don't care about how they like project themselves to everyone else and they just be themselves that guy was awesome um we need to bring everyone to the table to deal with this kind of stuff it can't just be me Ethan Shapiro the white male from Ringwood New Jersey working on climate change we need to bring people from the bottoms echelons of society together because they're the ones who are being impacted the most that was one of the biggest takeaways from the podcast I had with Dave it was awesome Mark Steele the artist guitar player painter I think he's a painter yeah he he makes art he was cool guy uh we had a long podcast we were just i mean we were just loving each other having a good time um collaboration is key we all need to work together there's so many great people working on these issues and we need to support one another and that's what they're trying to do with boulder earth and i'm sorry that i haven't been involved too much with that but as you guys can tell there's been a lot going on uh, over here i've been doing all these podcasts i've been we haven't even gotten to like door knocking and stuff yet all right now, here's like a really fun podcast. I talked to Phil Taylor, last name Taylor, I know. I know, talked to a bunch of Phil's, but uh, Phil Taylor from Madag. Um, we need to consider what the land wants to be rather than just what people want from the land. So if we weren't here, what would be going on? You guys remember, you know, go look at like Chernobyl and like see all the buildings covered in vines. Like the natural system has a way it wants to be. It wants to evolve. And that was a very interesting way to look at things. And we're going to talk about the work Phil's doing on, on next week's episode a bit more. Um with mint, mister Mint. Um Brittany Legess um, she just wanted to start a business and she was passionate about educating and inspiring people to live a more, again, that eco cycled zero waste life. And she has all these amazing ideas. She's learned, I think from just like Instagram, uh, Brittany was, was awesome to talk to. I mean, she's just, she just went for it. She just started her own business and, and she's like, tells you, she's like, yeah, it's really fucking hard. And like trying to like educate people about what you're doing. They don't get what you're doing. So you got to like make sure you, you know, explain to people why you're doing what you're doing and like be clear about that. I don't know. Frank WentenCap, Dave Sloan, Green Builders Guild. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. I'm a climate change realtor, and I'm going to work with these guys probably for the rest of my career. Uh, we need we need to build homes that are green. We need to build homes that are more um, energy efficient, and that's the style these days. This is what people are interested in. This is what will sell for more, and this is the stuff you need to know about. You need to learn about if you're in real estate or you're in building homes, because this is this is how it's going to be in the future. Um, check the episode out. I don't know. Now, we're almost done here guys. Dave Gardner, um, we're obsessed with economic growth. Resources are not unlimited. If you keep stretching this rubber band that is the earth, eventually it's just gonna snap and everything will die. We're kind of there, pretty close. But we we can build from the ashes, but um, we're pretty close to a complete collapse as far as this system goes. And you guys might not believe me, but all the signals, which again, in this book tell you that like, this this can't go on you know how long how long is that we going to keep going of just over consuming everything i don't know aaron citron what a nice guy i love he's just a nice guy i mean i he's a resource policy analyst for the nature conservancy i want to say um he knows a lot about water we didn't talk about it too much on his episode but fresh water uh, one of my huge takeaways from that is fresh water is not an unlimited resource we can run out and think about it Think about running out of water. Also, um, on, on Gary's episode, we'll talk about this. Lawn grass, like really? Like are we, we're watering lawns? Like this, this is the most precious resource in the world, fresh water. It's like a very small percentage of all water in the world is fresh water and it can run out. And, um, and then yeah, so anyway, so conservation's about using less water and there's no way around it. We need to just use less um, and conserve what we have. And that's why I bring up uh, long grass because it's just like people with their hoses just watering their, their lawns. This is mind-blowing to me now when I'm aware of how limited this resource is. But whatever. I'm not going to coerce people to stop doing what they're doing. I'm just going to give the information and hope to inspire people. Think with your heart. Gary Walkner, the most – I don't even know what to say about Gary, man. I, I, <laughs> I love Gary. <laughs> Gary, was, Gary, Gary was just on it. He, just, he was just like ready to talk about all this stuff. He's obviously, you know, he, called, he was like called the, the river warrior, big advocate of obviously water conservation and taking care of the planet. And we talked about how Boulder has this idea that we can just keep growing and growing and growing the economy and also be good climate activists. And those don't seem to go hand in hand. I would recommend you just uh, go into the podcast and watch it. And everyone, please follow Gary Walkner on Twitter. I, would, I mean, he's just—he's just on it, um, overcoming, overcoming, overshoot. I think is what his show is called on EarthX TV. Check that out. And then, yeah, just the idea that hypocrisy is rampant in our world—that's definitely the case. And uh, Gary's got opinions, and he was happy to share them. It was great. Now, here comes another one of my favorite episodes: Marlo Baines, 18 years old, um, the youth director of Earth Guardians, an initiative. To inspire diverse youth around the world to help with social movements and climate activism, she's just talk about inspiration. Everyone's inspirational. This is this is the most inspirational person I've ever met in my entire life. Who's just tackling these big wicked problems head on. Um, you, the youth have a voice. You, as an individual, have a voice, and it's loud. People believe. People are inspired by the youth, and they'll believe. Um, in what we're, we're trying to accomplish and it's never too late to start and it's never too late we can never give up ever no matter what anyone says because if the option is um you know keep trying and then the world ends or um stop trying and the world ends so those are the two options i would prefer to just fight till the end that's my personal opinion i think marlo would agree with me but we're, we're not going to see the end we're going to keep going because we're going to get all this stuff fixed because of all these amazing people i'm talking about who are working on these issues jonathan cohen um, climate action. He's the city of Boulder. They have all sorts of different departments. Like he's the climate change director or whatever in, in Boulder. Um, another genius. These people in Boulder are geniuses. Um, we have this amazing opportunity in the local government to create powerful action on climate. And Jonathan is, is just working on it head on. I would check out his episode. He's just... Amazing. Now, here's someone who I saw myself in a lot, Mr. Artem Nikolkov, just the idea that you can start your own venture dedicated to bettering the world just by using your own unique skill set that you already possess. Like if you are like talking the same thing with Brad, like you fix cars, you can help with climate change, you make You make media content. You help people produce their own media content. You can help with climate change. Everyone can help by if you're just aware of the issues and just being, you know, being mindful of what you're doing. And um, Artem's just obviously been an entrepreneur his whole life, and that's why I love talking to him. Ted Ross, amazing conversation. Um, Human intervention on the natural waterways is extremely problematic, and it's just not going to last forever. These dams um, are, are, are are messing up the natural system again. Back to phil taylor's idea of what does the land want to be um versus what we want the land to be for our own reasons we should be working in reciprocity with the land and sarah dawn's going to talk about um biomimicry um in the c- a couple episodes after that but um yeah to ted ted knew, ted knew a lot about about waterways so if you want to learn about waterways and stuff it was actually a very interesting podcast i came right from my like, covid vaccine I, like jumped in and did it and it was great um Duncan Gilkist, climate policy analyst, I want to say, from 350 Colorado. Um, the situation with the climate is a crisis, and we could use anyone's help. Anyone can be involved. Duncan's doing it as, as a job, and he's been inspired since he was in high school or middle school, I want to say. And, um, yeah, he, he's woke, bro. He knew he knew what was going on before, you know, it was this big thing. It's like when, whatever, Bill, what was his name? Al Gore came out with this thing, uh, this film, and he was like, yeah, people, we criticized it or whatever, but this... Climate situation is pretty fucked, so we should work on it. Um, Sarah Don Haynes, how are you living your life? Um, there's, there's like There's millions and millions and millions of years of data and teaching from the natural world. So we talk about this idea of biomimicry, which is trying to be more like the natural world. It's like, do humans know the best way to create a society and foster life? Um, no is, is, the answer, but, um, these, these trees, could be hundred years old or these, the, the, the DNA in these, this, these natural systems can show you how to live a life in reciprocity with the world around you and promote more life and regenerate and create more life around you. I'm being abstract, but that's what, that's what we talked about. And it was, it was awesome. And, and even more, not more awesome, but, um, Will Butler, man, um, unreasonable group. Private businesses can be one of the most powerful actors in, the, in this movement. And obviously, you guys know with Climate Change Realty that I believe that. And engaging in solutions to just fix these wicked problems that are like poverty, homelessness, climate change, um, what, what, what's sexual inequity, like all this stuff. You can create a corporation that focuses on this stuff. You're like, oh, I thought corporations are just meant to make money. No, corporations perpetuate an ideal or have a mission. Apple's mission is to like create the best products that allow people to like not be part of the system and do it, th- do things in their own creative way. The, the companies that stay in existence forever. It's like we talked about. Um, the Shell or Exxon, they're not in the oil business. They're in the energy business. If energy is coming from renewables, they're investing in renewables. That's, that's the business they're in. The business is to provide energy to the world. These businesses are more than just profit-making machines. And then Mr. Philip Ogren um, came on the podcast to just talk about are you happy with the way you guys are living your life? Cause Bill seems pretty happy. Um, he doesn't drive a car. And then there's all these alternative ideas of how to live our life a more communal way. And it's not even that alternative. There are countries around the world who all live together in communities and are very happy. I guess I'll say, don't knock it till you try it. You know what I mean? Like, like there's all these different, what, what future do we want? Do we want a future where we're all in our own little boxes alone or do we want a future where we're living in a community together and creating a better world I don't know and then Shay Castle came on to talk about the local government and uh, how you can have a role in it and how ha- and her amazing boulder boulder beat news venture where she's trying to provide information to the community and she was awesome and it was, uh, it was surprisingly awesome actually she was very badass uh, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was pretty great so that that's that's changing the climate so far um, Right here at the end here, I'll probably make this a clip. All right, that's been an hour and 15 minutes, not bad. Um, Ethan Shapiro, climate change realtor, first donation ever happened today, yesterday. I mailed a check for $3,175 to 350 Colorado and $3,175 to Citizens Climate Education, which is a sister company and subsidiary, I don't know if subsidiary is the right word, sister company of Citizens Climate Lobby. So the question is, um, why did I decide to donate to these two organizations out of everything I just talked to you guys about and I learned? Number one, I want to make things very clear. I'm a hundred percent certain that I'm going to donate 50% of my net commissions to fight climate change, but I wouldn't, I'm not a hundred percent certain about which organizations are going to pick because as you guys can tell, this is extremely complicated and I don't know what the best path forward is and I'm trying hard to learn and figure out what it is, but I'm never going to have the answer of how to save the world. It's going to be a communal effort where we all get together and figure it out, but the I was honored to have Micah on, on the show right away. I, I, I always knew that I would I am a monthly donor. I donate $10 a month to them, even though I'm in crazy debt. I, ten, I donate $10 a month to them every month anyways. So I was happy to send them a check because these two things are right now, I think the most important thing is, as you might've noticed a theme throughout this podcast, is if you're aware of what's going on, it's very difficult to not take insane substantive action. So that, so this idea, this first donation, because I'll uh, talk about how it got to be $6,350 because of the way the business has gone so far. Um, we need people to be educated about what's going on. And I think the best solution is what Citizens Climate Lobby is proposing, even though I'm trying to make this very, um, very um, business-oriented solution to, to fight these problems and not through the government. But we're not carbon is a pollutant and it's not being accounted for in any of these businesses um, profit and loss statements or uh, externality calculations, whatever you want to call it. Carbon's not being taken into account that it's destroying our planet and having a tax on carbon is basically the most proven effective way to fight climate change. I I, I think, you know, I don't really know, but like, it's it just seems obvious. It's like just create a direct um, economic incentive to stop using carbon. So that's what I really like about the citizens climate lobby. The second thing I really like about them is that they're extremely focused on using both sides of the aisle. So they want conservative people and liberal people working on these solutions. So that's one of my, another favorite things about that organization. And they're not just going to, they don't want just a carbon fee. They want a dividend. So instead of arguing about where these tax money is going to go, they, um, they want to make it a dividend. So like let's say that we collect 300 let's make it easy. 365 million dollars worth of carbon fees for the for pe- people being taxed on carbon or, or corporations being taxed on carbon. They just want to make it a dividend. So if there's 365 million Americans and they collect 365 million dollars, every American gets a check for $1. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me you guys I know I try not to talk about politics I'm a huge proponent of universal basic income I think it would fix most of the problems in society it's just I'm not talking about communism I'm not talking about giving the means of production to the proletariat or whatever but just giving people like a little base like 400 bucks or a thousand dollars is what Andrew Yang wanted like you can have rice beans and heat Like, come on. Is it really that big a deal in the most well-developed society or the most richest nation in the world to give everyone rice, beans and some fucking heat and shelter? I don't know. I think it is. But whatever. What the fuck does what I think matter? But again, carbon fee and dividend, that kind of feeds into that for me. So, again, I don't want I don't want this company to be about. Okay. Yeah. So that's Citizens Climate Lobby, 350 Colorado, grassroots education. I mean, just look them up. They're doing amazing work. They're running events every single day about, about educating people about climate change and how they can help. But um, yeah, so those are the two, those are the two companies I picked, but I don't want this to be about me picking these companies and me getting to be like, I've got all the money from climate change realty. I can just give, give money to companies that I like, but that's where I'm at now. Cause it's just me and Pat, the intern running this organization right now. But the goal is to find someone who's even more educated on climate change and how to, how to fix this problem and let them decide what to do with the money. I don't want this power where I have a million dollars and I get to cherry pick organizations based on who I like and who comes on my podcast. That's not what I want to happen. I want to to give money to organizations that can prove to most effectively mitigate the most devastating effects of this climate crisis. And right now, one of the most devastating things is that people aren't aware of what's going on, so they're not taking action. So that's why I'm giving money to 350 Colorado and Citizens Climate Lobby. So how am I going to decide on where the future money goes? I'm being totally transparent with you guys. I don't know which organizations are going to get the 2022 uh, January donation, but I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to try and find people who can who can teach me about where the most effective way to use the money, what the most effective way to use the money is and either hire someone who is, I literally pay $35,000 a year or whatever to just study climate change and figure out which Organizations need the money the most, or something like that. I'm trying to show you guys. This is not about me. This is not about me virtue signaling people and saying I know where the best answers are. I know how to give the money the best. This is about us saving the fucking planet from ourselves because we're just we're really really fucking it up. And if if you haven't gotten that from this podcast, you you need to look into the way the world works because it's really not cool. Now you can get into all sorts of debates like transgender rights and women's rights and poverty and homelessness, that's all fucked too. But, but, but my focus on climate change is for me to not target a specific group, is for me to be able to help everyone. And I think that helping the environment is the best way to do that, my opinion. So at the end here, we're pretty much done. Um, I mean, if you guys watch, someone, some of you have been watching the whole time, that, that's crazy. Um, it's been an honor to have you guys. Um, I just want to tell you how fucking difficult this job is. Like, I'm I'm a noob. I'm the new the new realtor on the block, and people do not take you seriously. So today I have some, just a couple numbers. I wanted to talk about this today. I keep telling people I've knocked on eighteen thousand doors. Sorry, I've been exaggerating. I've, I've knocked on fourteen thousand four hundred and forty-nine doors. Of those doors, five thousand three hundred and sixty-one people have answered, or thirty-seven percent. Trying to get that up to forty, but thirty-seven percent of people have answered. So that means 5,361 of the 100,000 people in Boulder have heard, Hey, sir, how you doing today? Or, hey, howdy, ma'am, how you doing today? Good. It's like, good, I'm just dropping by to make a brief introduction. Say, my name's Ethan Shapiro. I'm your local climate change realtor. Just want to see if I could offer you some insight into the local real estate market. And they say, no so then i'm like yeah no worries no worries at all any chance you could offer me any information about the neighborhood just reasons why people tend to move in or out of the area and then we you know maybe maybe they'll engage with me and actually have a conversation and see that i'm a real human and not just a robot salesman um but if they don't then, then i'm like no worries no worries at all uh any chance you know anyone considering moving in or out of the city um blah blah blah, blah. no probably not and that's okay yeah well have you ever hear of anyone who's looking my name is ethan spiro uh again my name's ethan i'm a cobalt banker and 50 percent of my commissions are donated to fight climate change oh, what was your name, sir? And, that, and that's that's how it goes. Six days a week, hundreds of doors a week. And some people are like, this guy's ballsy. Some people are like, this guy's annoying. Some people are like, this guy's the most inspirational person I've ever met. And they can just tell right away. I don't know. Everyone's different. But um, 5,361 people have been subjected to that so far. And that's going to keep going up throughout the rest of the summer because I'm doing 90 a week. So that that's what's going on. That's how I'm marketing the business beyond the podcast and other things. I'm going door to door to door and just showing people like, hey, Let's, let's innovate through real estate. Let's, let's get, get money out of, not, not out, but let's get money. If, if these realtors are going to take fat commissions because they do, and that's how this business works, let's use some of them to actually help the world. Let's not put it into the pockets of the person who already has millions of dollars. Let's do something good with it. So here's, I mean, if you guys couldn't tell how serious I am, we're doing an hour and a half long podcast today talking about everything. But, um, so not including rent, or the cost of getting my real estate license, classes, blah, 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 blah. I've spent $22,623.77 on my real estate business so far, and I have not had that money. So it's it's come out of credit, and it's come out of money that I saved from college, and um, it's come out of some of the, the money that I've earned. So I've I've spent $22,623.77. I've made, to date, as of this week, it was like way less. But now I've made $12,712.35 in my real estate career. That's from one referral and one buyer. My listing's coming back up on the market next week. And we are going to keep getting more. We're never going to give up. But for now, I've made no money, basically, because I had, you know, 22 minus 12 is negative blah, 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 negative 10,000. But you know what? I still donated six thousand three hundred and fifty dollars today or yesterday, whatever. I call it like my birthday donation, whatever. Because you, because it's, because you have to believe, you have to continue. You can't be like, oh, I'll, I'll make money first and then I'll start doing what I want to do. You do it now. You do it now because it's the right thing to do, and it's way too late to take crazy action on this climate stuff. So that's why I did that. So right now. Because I've, I've, been, I've been, um, been so blessed to have this position to be able to do this. I'm so lucky to, to have a car and have been able to secure an apartment and had cash from working, uh, working for years at CU. Um, my, so uh, the rest has been all on credit card debt. So I've got $15,950.31 of outstanding credit card debt right now and I I'm, I'm still made a donation because you gotta do it. You can't just be like, I'll take care of myself first that's how we ended up where we are right now. The way we've ended up where we are right now is by everyone saying, I'm gonna take care of myself first, and that should work. No, enlightened self-interest. In order, to, in order to, to, You gotta consider others before yourself in order to serve yourself at the deepest and most fulfilling level. I'm a very happy person because I'm, I'm living a life true to who I wanna be. Jesus of Nazareth, self-giving love, the way to have eternal life and live a life that's full of meaning and devotion to the Lord, is to always consider others before yourself, to give yourself to others. And it's, it's not about, it's, if you want to take it as, it's the right thing to do, should I should do it? That works. If you want to take it as, how am I going to get, get myself to be successful? That works too. It's both, it does both. It, it, no matter what, when you're doing this, you're going to be leading a happier, more successful life, in my opinion, um, what well, my opinion of success is. I've also got twenty-two thousand six hundred and seventy-five dollars in student loans. So this I'm, I'm, this is real. Like this is actually this is what I'm doing with my life. I've been I've been racking up debt. I've been working my ass off, and I've been making no money. And I'm still going to give it away. I'm going to do it in an annual chunk. So this was, this was the 2020 and the first half of 2021 donation. The next one's going to happen in January, but I assure you it will be a full 50% no matter how much debt I'm in, no matter how much money the business has made, this is the way it's going to be. And that's the podcast. Well, I hope everyone's doing really, really well. Um, That this every, if you guys want, if we want verification of these claims, I have excel spreadsheets detailing everything i've just said in 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 great detail this is just like the 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 takeaways but um um and then in case people are wondering how i've survived because like it doesn't include rent I was actually extremely arrogant, and I thought, oh, I'll be good. Like I've been eligible for unemployment since uh, March of 2020, and I was like, I'm not gonna get unemployment. I'm just gonna build my business, and I'm gonna put it on credit cards, and I'm gonna be good. That was stupid. I should've just taken the unemployment. So now I've been getting retroactive unemployment, so the reason I'm actually able to have this apartment and stuff is because unemployment has been paying the bills but my, my, I mean, my bank accounts back to like zero now that I've made the donation. And I'm just going to keep chugging forward and keep believing that when you, what you give, um, when you give out, you get back. And that doesn't necessarily always need to be the case, but I get back in, in, in happiness and joy and fulfillment in my life. So if anyone's been watching this entire, it's, it's always an honor to have you guys. I won't talk as much on, on, a, on the next podcast. We'll let, we'll let my guest talk, but, um, Anthony Mint, I think is his name. Anthony, it is Anthony um anthony mint the next up, the next guest um climate connections like if you're outside of boulder and you're watching this and you're passionate about these issues if you let me refer you a real estate agent which means you're looking to buy or sell a home or you know anyone who is if i, I can set you up with a real estate agent in exchange for a referral fee at which point point 50 of those of that referral fee i get will be uh, donated to fight climate change and then I'll take the other part, and again, that other 50 is is still, it's the same mission. It's to eventually get to training entrepreneurs, but for now it's gonna be used to build the sales team up. So anyone in the whole country of the U.S. or maybe outside the U.S. as well, you can help with this. If you're passionate, if you believe in what I'm doing, if you wanna support me, send me your real estate referrals anywhere in the country because I'm gonna take all this money to put it towards all the stuff that I've talked about today. Um, that's an hour and a half long podcast, longest podcast ever. Um, there's, there's the real, true Ethan Shapiro personality. Um, I'm gonna use the next 40 seconds because why not make it an hour and a half? But it's really been a pleasure talking to you guys. I'll, I'll be here next week, I'll be here the week after that, week after that, week after that. And no matter what happens, no matter what kind of financial success comes to this business, this is the model, this is how it's gonna work. I'm never gonna give up on it, I'm always gonna continue. And no matter how bleak the situation gets, nothing can ever convince me to stop and give up because it's just that's just lame honestly like people who like give into despair doubt and suffering um it's irrational just keep living a positive happy life even when you do something amazing and people say you're a moron so i love you all it's been a pleasure and we'll be back next week of course with another episode Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Changing the Climate, the official podcast of Climate Change Realty. If you are very passionate about these issues and you know anyone considering buying or selling a home anywhere in the USA, then please visit CCRBoulder.com today.